amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. This is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made for This podcast. We want to thank the Dwell app for supporting the Made for This podcast. Visit dwellapp.io slash made for this to get a 20% discount and start using your ears to renew your mind. That's dwellapp.io slash made for this for 20% off an annual or a lifetime subscription. Now, here's Jenny. You guys are going to love my next guest. It's her first time here, and and she's a new friend, but man, she is a deep, fast friend, and we got to spend a little time together this summer, and what she did for us and her husband too, John, is they parented us. There was a bunch of, you know, my age and younger people out there, and the two of them sat back, and they were quiet, and they listened, and they watched us but they spoke into our lives. And Lisa, you are so good at this. So you guys, welcome, my friend. Many of you know her, Lisa Bevere. It is so good to finally have you on. Oh, I'm so honored to be with you. And I loved that time. John and I did look around and say, wow, we're old. Like we are the grandparents <laughs> in the mix. <laughs> well, we are, we're, you know, we're not that far behind you, but I think just how many years you guys have been doing ministry, which is how long? 30 yeah, so that's a little longer than most of us in the room. And then you've raised these amazing sons and and have amazing grandkids. I think the way you all live is very inspiring to all of us. And and it's interesting because of course right after that your book comes out and I'm like it's the perfect book for you. It's it's so tell us all about that vision and that book. So, you know, Jenny, I tried to write the books that I needed to read when I was younger. And I was such a hot mess when I became a Christian. I had been so willful, so rebellious. I was like I'm not doing anything the way my parents did it. I'm not doing anything the way my mom did it. And then I realized, okay, I'm against a bunch of stuff, but I don't know how to be for anything. And I didn't know how to be a godly woman. I didn't, to be honest with you, I'm not even sure I knew how to be a woman. I told John that I had a man's brain and a woman's body. I was like way ahead of myself there. And John was like, I'm, I'm not comfortable with that. And I didn't know how to be a mom. I didn't know how to be anything that I wanted to shift. And so I still remember my husband tricking me into doing a women's meeting for a Pentecostal holiness group. Now, first and foremost, you've met me. Do I look like a good fit for Pentecostal holiness? Probably not. But John, <laughs> John said, listen, they need you. I was pregnant with my third son and I had cried out to God and said, but you never sent me a mentor. You never sent a woman to pour into me. How can I pour out what I've never had? And God said to me so clearly, and I know you've done this in your life too, Jenny, is he said, you just need to be the woman you wish you'd had. And I said, mm -hmm. I don't know how to be that woman. He said, yeah, you do. Write it backwards. So I sat in this dirty little motel room and I talked about how she would interact with me, 
what she would speak to me, mm. how she would help me course correct, how she'd be by mm. my side rather than on my side, that she would journey with me, that she would tell me, hey, baby girl, you may be crying in this moment, but there will be laughter in your future. And she would help <sighs> me grow in godliness and grace. And so that's just kind of been my journey. And you know, Jenny, I feel like right now we're on the verge of losing a lot of hard-won lessons. Some women who are 60 and older, who they they said, hey, I, I've got this treasury that I would love to offload to the next generation. But they're living under the assumption that the next generation doesn't want anything they have. And then we've got mm. the young girls thinking that the older woman can't be bothered. And I'm just going to tell you, I feel like there is nothing further from the truth. We need to close this gap. We need to have the conversations. We need to understand that God is not looking for perfection. He is looking for growth, that you don't have to have the answers to everything, but you can be the answer to something in somebody's life. For the younger women, that's giving purpose to the pain the older women have gone through. And for the older women, that's adding value and strategy and length of days and God's faithfulness to the layers of being a young mother. I mean, we can call when I was, when I was a young mother, I could call my friends and I would get sympathy, but I didn't get strategy. And so I think we need some older women to understand we're looking for their strategy. Oh, that's good. And that is what you brought to those of us that were there together. I mean, it was just this And I don't think you came in. I'm sure you were just coming for vacation. But when you entered the room, I I think it's something that we are all craving. And I think that's what we've got to recognize is we've got to be intentional to place it in our lives. And we need to realize that most people are not going to bring it to us, that we've got to ask them for it. And I don't even know that we realize how much we're missing it. But when you get it, it feels like cold water, (laughs) It's just, it just feels so good to have somebody ahead of you speaking into your life. So the book is called Godmothers. And doesn't that just, don't you just, when you even hear that word, you're like, I need that. I need a godmother. Who's going to be my godmother? So Lisa, thank you for how you've already done that for me. And today, Lisa is going to be your godmother. And we're going to talk about an issue that I see all of us facing, which is anger. It has crept in. This is something else you've written about. This is something else you care about. And, and I like bringing you on for this subject, Lisa, because you're fiery. Like you are, you are passionate. Now I've never seen you get angry, but I would imagine it, it's possible. I mean, I'm sure it's only righteous anger, but but I'm sure you have a little fierce part of you that that acts up every once in a while. And I do believe that this season, it's just it's rampant. You know, like this is something that that we've got to talk about. Yes. Now I am half Sicilian, which I don't. <laughs> You know, I don't know that that makes my life easier. So uh, I used to think I was part Apache Indian. And when I got the DNA test done, I found out, nope, nope, you're part Arab. That did not help. So my husband was like, that explains everything. So I'm, I was just raised in a very passionate household. My, my father is 100% Sicilian. My mother came from a very broken background. Her mother was married three times. Uh, no, I'm sorry, four times, three men. And so there was all this brokenness in our past. I lost an eye to cancer when I was five years of age. And I think when you've gone through different things where you feel vulnerable, you'll develop this pattern of anger to protect you. And so I had this 
I could snap fast. I would tell my husband, hey, you want passion in the bedroom. You're going to have things thrown at you in the kitchen. You just need to understand this is just the way I am. But I started to find out that I didn't want to be that way. And I'm going to tell you when the turning point was. See, the Bible says, be angry and sin not. I knew how to be angry. I didn't know how to be angry and not sin in my anger. So throwing plates at my husband, saying things that I'm like, my idle word account is going to be so high. It is just, I'm just, I would just be like, what is going on? And there was a couple turning points. One was we had moved into our, our very first house in Orlando and my husband saw me stomping around that, the house and he thought she's going to break something. Like this is a brand new house. And I was putting the clothes out of the washer into the dryer. And I thought, I'm just slamming the drawer uh, to the washer. I mean, the dryer. So I slammed the door. I turn around, John's standing there. He picks me up and Jenny, he puts me in the garage. And he said, you are staying out here until you calm down. Now, I know that you don't know me well, but that had the very opposite effect of calming me down. So (laughs) I remember, I thought, you can't just put me in the garage like I'm some dog. And of course, there was a garage door open. I could go in and out. I ran to the front door. I rang the doorbell a bunch of times. He didn't answer. He's like, nope, you're not calmed down. I said, I'm going to go to the neighbors and tell them you locked me in the garage. He was like, go right ahead because he knew I wouldn't do it. So I go into the garage and I kept waiting for him to come and get me. And we had just moved. So I started unpacking things. I thought, well, I might as well be productive. And all of a sudden I thought, wait a minute. He is not coming. What if every time I get upset, he puts me in the garage? This is going to be horrible. I'm going to break something of his. So he knows, just never do this again. (laughs) And I thought to myself, no, wait, we're too poor to break something because I can't replace it. But my husband does all the grilling. So I'll take this hammer, put a dent in the lid of the grill. It'll still work. But every time my man goes to grill, he'll be like, I'm not messing with her. She's strong. So I'm lifting my arm back and just get ready to to hit the grill. When I heard the Holy Spirit say, Lisa, if you hit that grill, it's you doing it. It's not the Sicilian. It's not your parents. It's not Mm. the witches in Orlando praying against you, some kind of demonic attack. This is you doing it. Mm -hmm. And I said, I bind condemnation and I hit the grill and I Mm -hmm. opened up the door, (laughs) told my husband, he was not impressed. He said, what is it going to take for you to get a grip on your temper? Well, then Mm -hmm. I had my second child and I'm going to tell you the way my life was. One child was like an accessory. I dressed him up. He behaved well. It was all a trick to get me to have more children. When I had my second son, I thought, I'm never going to brush my teeth before noon again. We had one car. (laughs) I was trapped home with my kids. John would go to be a youth pastor. I was there trapped with an unlisted phone number. People are calling me with their problems. And I am not doing, I'm not navigating it well. And I remember, I remember he would come home every day, look at the house, see me standing there with my nursing flaps down, a baby in my arms, another one just like running in his diapers. And he would say, what have you done all day? And I said, I don't know. Oh, no, no, he didn't. He did. 
He did every <laughs> single day, every single day. So Jenny, what happened was one day a phone call happened. I'm in the kitchen and Addison would know I was trapped. This is you know, I'm old enough that we did not have portable phones back then. And he got off his bed. I had put him down for a nap just because I wanted to take a shower, just because I wanted to not flunk the test again. And he was like running amok upstairs. And I knew that if he didn't get down, the other baby was going to wake up and then I'd nurse and then I'd flunk again. And so when I hung up the phone, I remember going up those stairs and I no longer saw my son. I saw an enemy. I thought this is the one keeping me from getting anything done. He was two years old. And Jenny, I picked him up, was mm. storming up the stairs with him, went into his room. And I remembered hearing, pick this child up, slam him into the wall and put him down on the bed. And I thought, yeah, that, that would probably work. But when I picked Addison up, I looked in his eyes and Jenny, God just did this thing where I didn't mm. see my son. I remembered myself. Growing up mm. in a physically and emotionally abusive household. And mm. every time I was hit, every time I was kicked, every time I was slapped, I made myself a promise. I will never treat my children this way. There I was, a born-again pastor's wife, getting ready to hurt mm. my son. And Jenny, that was my breaking point. I put him down on the bed. Yeah. I hit the carpet. And I said, God, I have a real problem with anger. And I don't know how to get free. And I cried until this stillness overwhelmed me. And in that stillness, I heard the Holy Spirit say, because you're no longer justifying this, I'll take it out of your life. See, what we justify, we buy. And we all have this long list of mistreatments and why we could be angry. But you and I have had the realization that we are not defined by what was done to us. We are defined by what was done for us. And what Jesus did to set us free has to supersede what other people have done that put us in a situation of, you know, abuse or anger or offense or unforgiveness. Well, what you're doing right now is so powerful, Lisa, because so many people respect you so much. And to hear that story, it's like, okay, maybe if she could turn, if God could turn her then maybe God could turn me. And there's, I don't want to miss that moment because so many of you have gone too far with your kids. You have raged against them. And I would just say, do not hide in shame. Like you find somebody, you talk to them. I want to address that right now. And this is the, this is the other side of that coin is the people listening that are thinking, I don't get angry. I don't feel that. I don't, I don't relate to that. I don't rage against my kids or and I think, you know, what would you say to them? Because I think anger is in, inside of all of us. In fact, when I, one of my first Bible studies, Lisa was called stuck and it walked through different emotions and every emotion that I wrote about and that I dug into the scriptures about, I had, but I didn't think I had anger. So I was that girl that was like, you know, I don't, I don't think I really struggle with that. And so when I, of course, when I got into it, I realized, oh no, no, this might be the underlying one of them all. Like this might be the thing that causes me to feel shame. This is the thing that causes me to feel fear. This is, you know, this is underneath everything. So talk to that person that that maybe is listening and feeling like, you know what? I'm not that passionate. I don't get mad that often. Well, first and foremost, I wish I was more like that person. You know, I love <laughs> that you highlighted to bring accountability. I did tell my husband what I almost did. 
And I said, I, I'm going to openly confess this. I mean, I'm forgiven the moment that I confessed my sins to God. I, you know, he, he, he wasn't like, what? You did that? He already knew. I forgave my mom because I had held that against her. And then I realized I had developed a habit. You know, the Bible says, be angry in sin, not. And I think a lot of times people are in denial that they're angry, that they have pushed it down. And there's a lot to be upset about. But anger is more of an awareness thing, like, hey, something's not right. Something's not right. And instead of stuffing it, I need to actually pay attention that I'm upset and have a hard conversation. So I think a lot Mm -hmm. of people are, maybe they had parents that had uh, the crazy like the crazy anger display. And so they are saying, no, no, I'm not angry because they were afraid of that and they shove it down. I also think that right now it's okay to be angry about a few things. There's certain things that we need to be aware of. Hey, this isn't right. There's stuff that's happening that's not right. And I'm going to actually validate the anger because you and I have been around long enough to see these couples that say, oh, we never fight. We, we just, we've never had a disagreement. And then two years later, they're getting divorced. And I'm like, gosh, I wish y'all would have fought. I wish you guys would have had yes. those hard conversations and, and yes. expressed it instead of pretended yeah. that mm. things weren't underneath the surface. And I find that anger is kind of a, a cover up for fear. You know, I was afraid mm. that if I didn't fight for myself, that, that things weren't going to be safe for me. And yet it goes even deeper because it's not a fear. It's never just its own thing. There was a deeper layer of unbelief. If you had called me and said, Lisa, I'm having a really hard time. I would have prayed with you with hundred percent faith. God will do that for Jenny. God is loves her. He has good for her. But when it came to me, I didn't, I didn't see God's goodness for me. So, you know, I do think there's people that don't see that maybe their anger might be a stomachache right now. It might be migraines. It might be, it might be tension. It might be that maybe they're snapping or maybe they don't have clarity in their life. And, you know, for me, when I just said, God, I, I'm not going to make excuses. I'm going to be slow to speak. I'm going to be quick to listen and I'm going to be slow to wrath. I'm going to, I'm going to change the way I argue with my husband. I'm not going to attack him. We're going to attack a problem. We're going to set some boundaries in place, not barriers, not walls. We're going to set some boundaries in place that when we have conversations, they're going to be constructive, that we are going to sit in two chairs. We have these two chairs that when we sat in these two chairs, if either person got out of line, the other person got up. And if the other person got up, the other Italian person was not allowed to chase the Sicilian person and the Sicilian person was not allowed to chase the Italian person around the house saying, we've got to settle this before we go to bed. We would, we would step back and say, God is our standard and, and we are going to get a good night's rest because we're crazy right now. So we'll look at it again in the morning. Hey guys, this is Chloe, and I'm here to tell you about the Dwell Audio Bible app. 
This is an app that you've probably heard us talk about before on the show, but Jenny and I both use it and love it. It has tons of inspiring voices, every Bible translation you can think of, background music, and so much more. One of my new favorite features that they just came out with is the sleep timer. And so now you can set your phone or your device next to your bed, turn on the Psalms or the go to sleep playlist, and you can set a timer so that it'll kind of slowly fade out as you fall asleep. It truly is completely customizable. So you can change the speed that they're reading, the type of music you listen in the background. It'll even repeat verses for you if you're trying to memorize them. Visit dwellapp.io slash made for this to get a 20% discount and start using your ears to renew your mind. That's dwellapp.io slash made for this for 20% off an annual or lifetime subscription. We cannot wait for you to download it and try it. I look back at my anger issues and just in case somebody's listening and saying, maybe I do, maybe I don't. A lot of mine came from rights that I thought that I had. So one of my biggest rights that I thought I had was a right to be understood. So when you tell that story about your husband, I'm absolutely the one that would run after him because I'm like, no, no, no. Like you're not going to leave with this undone because you need to understand me. And if you understood me, then you would be on my side. Then you would be empathetic. Then you would be loving, you know. So I'm just going to work so hard to help you understand me when, you know, we know that that's not always the issue, nor do we always have a right to that. So I think that's what the power of anger, understanding that that's in me has done is it's caused me to see where do I think I have rights to things that are causing me to be a jerk or causing me just to cross my arms and write that person off or causing me to withdraw emotionally from people because I feel misunderstood or I don't, you know, and I'm not saying we don't have healthy awareness of, of relational boundaries, but I do think there are things that build up in us that over time that turn into bitterness. And a lot of that kind of roots itself in anger. We just may not call it that because we think of anger as like screaming and all that. But honestly, that's okay, so Lisa, yeah, that's yeah. So last night, last night, I found out that one of the these chairs that I love that I've had for a long time and I've even noticed I'm like these have held up so well it's their wicker and the basket was broken and I don't know who did it and I don't know how it happened I was so mad I had to go upstairs I, I didn't know who did it so I didn't even know who to be mad at I I was so surprised by this I come upstairs I'm by myself because and I told Zach I was like I don't want to talk I mean this is a chair it's not a big deal and I'm not that materialistic But here's what I want to say about this is I think there's an irritability right now laying over all of us that is very easily triggered because this morning I saw the chair and I was like, why did that make me so mad last night? Like, I'm fine. The chair's fine. It's not, it's barely noticeable. But for whatever reason, I think I was triggered last night and I was just highly irritable. So I want to talk about that, that because what we're doing in the series is really talking about these emotions we feel because of COVID that are a little bit heightened. So where there are little irritations, like what do you do with those? What does it look like to to name those, to to work through those? I, I actually need this answer for last night. I, I just sat in my room by myself and tried to stay away from people because I was like, I don't want to snap at anybody. Nobody deserves that. But I did feel it all. Yeah. Well, I, I love that you said that it, it's, it's aggravated. Like there's a there's an agitation. And I, and I think it's normal when you're in a situation of an unknown where like, you know, is the cloud moving? Is it, is it staying? Like what, what's going on? Are we going to have a, an uncertainty? And I do think naming it is 
important. Like you, you know, being able to step back and say, all right, I'm not materialistic. I did love the chairs. I don't have a target. Like who did this? What's really going on? I think asking that question is an important question to be able to answer to move forward. So if it's just, oh my gosh, my family has a horrible habit of disrespecting my property. And I feel what, (laughs) oh, I feel undervalued. I feel like things that are valuable to me are not valued by everybody else in the family. Or Mm. is it just the fact that I love those chairs and I wish that hadn't happened and everything else is a mess right now. And I think we all need to cut ourselves some grace but I also think we need to stop being sheriffs and outlaws. You know, I'm watching what's happening on social media. I don't know if people have broken chairs in their house and they're like, that's it. Somebody's paying on social media. And they just go and they punish somebody. Right. You know, yeah. I, told, I told my husband, I have never seen so many people mean and so excited about me being wrong about something or misinterpreting things because of the offense. So, you know, when you have uh, an aggravation everything feels bigger. And I think that's where we're at right now. And so I think slowing things down, slowing things down and say, what am I, what's really, what's really going on right now? Is it that I, I don't like that I have to wear a mask outside. I don't like it that I don't know what's going on. And then again, saying, all right, I'm going to believe that God is good and that he has a plan, and he has a hope and a future. And just because I don't know what's going on doesn't mean that God isn't in control. I think I think that God has been like, Lisa, I know you thought you were in control. Guess what? You never were. <laughs> you know, now you know. I think that's, yeah, I think that's it for me. I, if I go back, I mean, this is good exercise. If I go back and think, what was it? Why was I? And I think it was that I had tried to that day, I tried to get a lot of things done that did not get done. I had tried to fast forward, you know, a project that that almost collapsed, you know, so so it just it felt like I'm spinning my wheels, and it's all not working. And I think that was just kind of the final straw. So I think that control thing is huge right now. We've all lost it. Yeah, well, and, and the truth is, we thought we were in control, and we never were. So it, it's like an awareness of the reality that God is in control. And he wasn't like, what? There's a pandemic? Oh no. Oh no. I can't, I can't handle this. I I don't know what we're going to do. Jesus, we're going to have to come up with a plan B. So obviously he's okay. But (laughs) I have always found that whenever I have a disproportionate uh, reaction to something, that's because I feel like I'm not being heard. I feel like I'm not being understood or I've been rewarded for bad behavior in the past. I've gotten my way when I've thrown a fit. And, and then I have to say, is this the person I want to be? Is it, do I want to mm. be somebody who blows up? I think that you can be passionate without being destructive with your anger. I think that you mm. can be passionate without being harsh with your words. I think you can be passionate and fight for rather than just fight. And I think right now people feel like their purpose is taken away. So they're just fighting. They're just agitated. They're just fighting. And when I do that, Jenny, I just have to put myself in timeout. I'm like, you, (laughs) you don't get to post today. Like, Just tell your team to post a scripture. You, you go, you, you go into your closet and you worship until you got something nice to say about something. And sometimes I just have to be quiet and you know, God gets mad. 
And when God gets mad at his children, he turns away for one purpose so that he can turn back. So anger is supposed to be momentary displeasure and you turn away so you can separate the person from the actions. You know, you can say, all right, I love my husband. I don't like that he ate the last chocolate bar that I had hidden. I'm not happy about my favorite chocolate bar being hidden. Obviously this this happened during COVID. So you (laughs) separate the two because John ate that but he didn't do that to be mean to me. He didn't do that thinking, oh, I'm going to hijack her joy. He just, you know, and so what's really going on? What's really going on is I love my husband. And that was annoying, but it's not worth attacking a relationship. Rage is always going to look for a target. I'm mad. I'm going to go on social media. I'm going to yell at my husband. I'm going to do something. Wrath, which is what we're seeing right now. Wrath Mm. is when... I'm angry and you're going to pay. The Bible Mm. is so clear that the wrath of man or woman never works the righteous purposes of God. Mm. So destruction will never end up moving us towards construction. So when Mm -hmm. I am angry, I've got to step back until I can be constructive and say, Hey, I'm, I'm feeling something. I'm agitated here. What's going on? What is, what's really going on? And then I can resolve the problem. And, you know, I've, I feel like a lot of people make excuses. I love that you talked about the, it, you know, I felt like I had the right to be heard, you know, well, I think a lot of people feel like they have the right to be right and they're not listening yeah. to other people. And we yeah. can never move forward when there is disrespect in a conversation. Mm. So I want you to speak to the person right now in their house that might have a blow up moment in the next hour, you know, like they just, they've got little kids, like they've sit there, they've got their headphones in, in fact, and they're sitting there doing the dishes and they've got like little mini explosions that might be happening around them, even as this podcast is playing. So what would you say to them? What, what can they do? What is their hope? Yeah. So I kept a list until I actually let go. I kept a list of everything I had done wrong. Like I went to bed with a mommy guilt list of, I yelled at my kids when I shouldn't, I didn't clean up this. I didn't do this with the laundry. I didn't do this. And because I was so hard on myself, Jenny, I deflected it by being hard on other people. I think that it is one of the most courageous things we can do is embrace God's mercy and say, Mm -hmm. you know what, maybe today didn't go the way I wanted it to, but I'm going to just put away the mommy guilt. I'm going to receive mercy because mercy is what Mm -hmm. triumphs over judgment. I don't get what I deserve. I'm not going to make other people get what I think. They just like, I'm going to just release mercy because I need mercy and take it five minutes at a time. Don't let things compound on you. And, you know, I have, I I hear that mommies right now, there's a lot of the sense of I'm losing control. I, I can't do this. I can't do this. Just edit your life a little bit. I think mamas have so much pressure to not just be a mama and homeschool and everything else, but then play to this audience on Instagram that thank God nobody was looking at my Lego stream floors. I mean, it was, it's a completely different things. Edit your life and figure out where those un, uh, you know, unnatural pressures are coming from, but forgive yourself, forgive yourself, mm. give the mama grace, say, God, just forgive me. And then one of the best things I ever did with my kids was just own my mistakes. 
I think that children and husbands and friendships feel safe when somebody owns their mistakes. But I grew up hearing, I'm really sorry I hit you, but you make me so mad. So really what I heard was, you're the problem. I wouldn't hit you if you didn't make me mad. So if we Mm. can actually just say, I'm sorry. We don't apologize. We confess. We just own it and just say, honey, I'm sorry that I have allowed too many things to pull me away from you. I'm sorry that I've been so busy picking up the floor that I haven't gotten down and played. I'm sorry that I've been on edge and, and just cut some of the stuff that's overwhelming you. You know, Jenny, when my kids were young, I felt like I was surviving them. I wasn't enjoying them. I was surviving them. And, you know, young mamas, you just need to just take a deep breath and just let yourself have some of God's mercy. When God forgave me, Mm -hmm. when God forgave me, when I hadn't forgiven my mother, when I was getting ready to repeat the one thing I'd never forgiven my mother for, when I experienced God's mercy towards me, it shifted everything in my heart. And I think right Mm -hmm. now that perfection thing is just such a lie. There's a quote by Jill Churchill that I put in the Godmother's book. It says, there is no way to be a perfect mother and a million ways Mm. to be a good one. So focus on your good. That's right. And give yourself some grace. Oh, what a great quote. What a great quote. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I look back at that and I see that in my weakness were my favorite moments of parenting because of what you're saying. So our relationships are what they are. When people ask me, like, how do you, you know, how do I have kids like, like you have? And I'm like, well, mess up a lot. So they know they can and apologize a lot because that actually builds a real relationship. And I do feel like that is the best advice in parenting you could give is just go mess up today and apologize about it. So it's not that we keep living in sin though. It's that we we recognize we will make mistakes and we own those and move forward. We just need to be committed to growth rather than guilt. That's good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. I am so grateful for how you're pouring into my life and so many other people's right now. And hopefully I'm going to get to see you soon because I absolutely love time with you. So thanks for being a godmother to me already, even though we're new friends. And I mean, you guys have got to go get her books. The most recent one, Godmothers, all of us need this. All of us need to be mamad. And I, you know, Lisa, do you have that person in your life still alive? Like who's the godmother for you? I know that you didn't have it growing up, but do you have it now? No, I, I don't, but I feel okay about that. And I see this incredible beauty in my daughter-in-laws. I had them all over for dinner the other night. And I just told them, I said, you guys are doing it so much better than me. And I'm just so proud. And yeah, so I, you know, I'm 60. So there's not, there's not a lot of people that are older than me that are like, hey, I'll help you. <laughs> but no, I, I, I have considered it an honor to pour out of my brokenness. Mm, I love it. Well, thanks so much for being here today. everyone this is Chloe and we are just so honored to have friends like Lisa Bevere on the podcast and we want to make sure you know about a recent book she came out with this year called Godmothers why you need one and how to be one and if you're interested to hear more from Lisa on anger you can go find her book be angry but don't blow it that's on Amazon too we'll make sure to put all of the links to connect with Lisa and find her books in the show notes but we're so glad you joined us today thank you for listening to the made for this podcast
amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply.